All right. We're here for another episode of Union or Bust. I'm Chris Lopez, your union brother on TikTok, Instagram, all, all the, the platforms. platforms. And uh, I guess when you mix high-octane energy drinks with organizing, you do get Organizing, organizing Monster. Organizing Monster. Hey, everybody. Juan Perez here, Organizing Monster on all the platforms. And Chris, today's a special day. We got a special guest, and I want to introduce him right off the bat. So how about we just go with it? We have Steve Gutierrez. He's a business representative and organizer for the National Federation of Federal Employees, right? Yes, sir. Firefighters. Firefighters, federal employees specifically. Right. There you go. So, uh, hey, Steve. So real quick, just introduce yourself. What do you do? What's going on with that local? And uh, a, a quick background of what's going on. Yeah. So Steve Gutierrez, like I said, um, national business rep for NIFI. Uh, which is short for National Federation of Federal Employees, so I'll just call it NIFI. It's easier. Uh, yeah, so my job right now is to uh, coordinate uh, and support locals across the Western Territory. Uh, we represent federal employees uh, across the nation, up to uh, almost 100,000, excuse me. And uh, right now we represent Forest Service, DOD, uh, Veterans Affairs, Passports, HUD, uh, and Bureau of uh, Reclamation. Uh, and many more. Right, right, right. So real quick, like I, I know you just mentioned a bunch of names and titles and job categories, but what, what, what do you specifically do? Like what are you specifically uh, working on right now uh, campaign-wise? Right. So right now what, what we're working on is uh, federal wildland firefighter pay parity. And what um, does that mean? So essentially uh, right now federal wildland firefighters uh, start off about $15 an hour. What? Yeah, it's crazy. That's less than minimum wage in California, by the way. Yeah, they start about $15 an hour uh, across this nation, and right now there's uh, there was some money allocated in the bipartisan infrastructure bill uh, for five years, uh, $500 million. It's running out. It only lasted a year and a half, and it ends on September 30th. So we're trying to prevent this fiscal pay cliff. Um, we have a bill that's in the Senate. Is passed through committee, and we have a bill of the same mirror-like language also in the House, and it's in committee right now. You know, you're, you were you are um, uh, you were rank and file before, right? Yeah. And you work for the union full time right now. That's correct. Okay. Yep. And um, but you were a hot shot, right? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Now. I always like see all like if you Google hot shot and all that stuff, it's a lot of things come up. What does a hot shot do? Right. So hot shots are, well, first off, wildland firefighters, the job hasn't changed too much in the past hundred years. They're your uh, forgotten first responders. Okay. These folks are up on the hills working backbreaking hours, carrying 45 pounds or plus, plus chainsaws in the heat, carrying hose. Chainsaws, like I said, hand tools, directing helicopters and air retardant ships. It is crazy. So hotshots specifically are a group of 20 or 25 plus members right now at the moment uh, that are a national resource. They respond to wildland fire, fires. They also respond to nat natural disasters, hurricanes. Uh, they did the shuttle response. They were actually part of the whole response to 9-11 after that. They were the first ones to go off. Uh, to help uh, with the 9-11 response. Uh, so right now, hotshots, they go and try to uh, manage the incident that is uh, escalating as much as, as as much as it is. So they're trying to lower the escalation, create some kind of incident command structure, some type of uh, order to the chaos. 
So that means they can sometimes be working all together. They can split up. They can have someone that manages the entire fire or they can do everything together. They can send off one or two people. They can fall trees. They can burn, um, set prescribed fires. They can burn out fires. Uh, they cut hand line. And if you're not sure what hand line is, is essentially fires don't go out with water all the time. Sometimes the fires are so intense that you can't do it with water. So we have to take a step back a little bit more and then create a fuel break. And essentially you have guys on chainsaws creating 10 feet of cut with chainsaws. And then you have other folks, part of the crew that are creating two feet of hand line. And that fuel separation slows wildfires. Like water can't always go up steep hills because of just physics. Holy cow. Damn. How did they... We're just organizing the reps here, but that sounds like a... You risk your lives. Like, yeah. Like yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty dangerous. It's pretty dangerous. Um, it's, it's definitely under-recognized, but there's a lot of really good, passionate, highly skilled, highly trained people doing this job day in and day out. You did that? Yes, yeah. For how long? I was a hotshot for approximately 10 years. Yeah. 10 years. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then I left the hotshots, and I went to go work on a fire engine. Right, so fire our fire engines here locally here in California, uh, we respond to traffic collisions, we respond to medical aids, search and rescue, uh, vehicle fires, all up and down California. We're trained and we have turnouts, just like a municipal firefighter. We do the same exact stuff. The only thing we don't do is go into a structure to go fight fire. That's the main difference. And there's no wage parity, like. Correct. Oh wow. Yeah. So up until. Uh, President Biden's infrastructure law that came came to fruition, um, we were still considered forestry technicians, not even firefighters. So we got a position description uh, in there to change our position description to actual wildland firefighter. You're talking about chainsaws, and you're you're getting the, the trees down, getting the, the fuel, and you know to to, to using physics to. And they weren't considering you firefighters. No, no. Holy so cow. it's it's been a forestry technician for the past. I don't know. 40 years, 50 40 years, years, probably more than that, uh, longer than I've been around. So I've always been a, considered a forestry technician. And real quick, like, I'm still for, like, average Joes and Janes. Sure. What's the average day for a firefighter in the field? Like, what's the average day like? On a what fire? Is, what is it? A, yeah, for, like, average day, average month. Right. So, what are the current, like, current common issues that they face? So right now... Uh, so there's different types of wildland firefighters. There's wildland firefighters on engines. Right. There's wildland firefighters that are part of hotshot crews. There's wildland firefighters that are called smoke jumpers. And those smoke jumpers, they jump out of a perfectly good airplane, and they jump into remote areas where there isn't any roads, and they fight fire by themselves. Whoa. So there's the, those things there. But, but get back to your question, it, it drastically varies depending on what resource you're assigned to. So say if on an engine... Right. Typically, uh, you're going to go through your, your morning checks in the morning. You're going to do some training, some physical uh, physical training. Uh, and then you're going to go and maybe go do some fuels work in the day to start doing all these. Like we have a lot of fuels projects. Fuels projects lower the intensity from big fires and we create little fires. Right. We don't we want to lower the amount of fuel loading because that lowers the amount of potential for like rapid fire growth. Um, but, like, if you're assigned to a fire or an incident, as we would call it, you get there uh, and essentially 
he, the briefing starts at probably six in the morning. You get some breakfast, you go to briefing, then you drive out to wherever the work site is. And essentially when a fire starts, you're going to go and try to get the anchors, the anchor at first, and then start flanking it until you can get all the way around it. That's how we put out fires safely. Right. So, but the world isn't flat. So it goes up and down and up and down. There's ridges, ravines, rivers, and sometimes it's not always the safest place. So we have to look and use topographic features to our benefit and to our advantage to keep our guys safe. Uh, sometimes we use bulldozers to, to do the work, but sometimes the, the hills are so steep, bulldozers can't get in there. And that's where hot shots and hand crews get in there and they go and do this, this hard backbreaking work. And they work for 16 hours a day, so from 6 to 10, but you get back, you get back at like you know, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, you eat some dinner, and you knock right out. You don't even take a shower, right? And you're out in the middle of nowhere. So from 6 to 10, that's your hours of work. After that, you're not getting paid to sleep on the ground in the middle of nowhere. You're sleeping in your, in your sleeping bag, in ash, uh, sometimes in a lot of smoke. It's very cold. Sometimes, like, I've, I've frozen my butt off on more fires than I have overheated on fires. There's wow. definitely that, that, that kind of thing. But... Um, it's definitely uh, a live out of a suitcase thing for the summer, um, but with the way things are going now in our world, it's becoming a year-long thing. We have fire years now. Uh, a typical season when I started working on crews was on a hotshot crew, 750 hours of overtime was about was like a really good season, and yeah. now crews are getting thousand to like almost like 1500 wow. in, in one like six to seven month period. Of overtime, not their base hours, overtime. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, thinking, uh, you know, fire, there's this, I don't want to call it a stereotype, but, you know, the, you have the fire truck, you know, it, it's, it's, not, it's not that. It's just, you're talking about bulldozers, you're talking about chainsaws, you're talking about all these different things that are going on yeah. that you have to deal with. Yeah. And, and you're, you being a hot shot, and then you have the, the smoke jumpers jumping out. I mean, holy I mean, this is... Yeah, no, it's crazy, but... Okay, let's go back to the pay. Oh. I mean, yeah. 15 bucks an hour. And that's not only... That's just recently when President Biden made it official. Like, no firefighter is going to work under $15 an hour. The federal minimum wage is like... Seven twenty five. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're considering Cause you guys, everybody. Because you guys are federal employees. That's correct. Okay. So we fall under the federal uh, minimum wage. Well, which is seven twenty-five. Yeah, the federal minimum wage, uh, but there's also locality pay, and locality helps out a little bit. Yeah, but it's not the best. Like in California, it's yeah. So you get a locality pay in certain areas of California, but like even with the locality pay included, say specifically like places like Santa Barbara or Tahoe tourist areas, no matter what, you ain't gonna afford no house in like nah. Lake Tahoe. No. But I got to go to work I there. I mean, 15 bucks an hour, dude. Like I've said it, like, I don't even know what I would be doing if I made 20 bucks or less. This is really... Like, that's... Yeah. Right. So right now, like, with the bipartisan, bipartisan infrastructure bill about to expire for the firefighters right now, they're going to lose 50% or $20,000 of their pay. So that if equates... If it doesn't... If it doesn't get, get passed renewed. by September 30th. Okay. okay. Right? So that's about 750 bucks extra. That's crazy. Uh, it is. Who can it, not? I can't afford that. Well, I can't even afford $15 an hour. Things are going. That's the thing. It, it, there's so many problems in the world. And that's why we have this podcast. 
because there's a lot of distractions. People want to distract you, social issues, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's kitchen table economics. You know, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. I always say that. People are having trouble paying their rent. They're having trouble paying their electric bill. People are in collections. Or do they have health care? It's like we have to take – right now is the time for having labor podcasts because we can put a spotlight on right. what's going on. It's right. ridiculous. I was so pissed. I didn't even know this, but, you know, I'm a resident of Chula Vista. And, uh, you know, there's, 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 uh, wa- there's wage parity issues between uh, the police officers and firefighters. It's right. like they're, it's right. all public safety. Right. And it's like, you know, they're, right. everyone's risking their lives. I'm sure it's very stressful, you know. Um, you yeah, know. And, and see, right now the thing is, is, is there is parity between there, – there's differences drastically between federal employees – then there's state and municipality firefighters, and then there's contract firefighting agencies. And no matter what, here's the thing. The taxpayer is still going to pay for it no matter what. The taxpayer is still going to pay for it. So they may pay me 15 bucks. They may pay another state or municipality three to four times more, and then they're going to pay a contract fire agency just as much. So you'll – one example, what will happen is if there's not any federal resources there to go and take care of uh, the fire, right – You'll send in and call in a municipal agency to back that bad up, right? That's just what the government does. The government doesn't stop, keeps rolling, right? So they'll bring those folks in there. So like I said before, they get paid from 6 to 10 municipal firefighters. A lot of them, no offense to them, they've got a great contract. They've gotten what we call portal to portal. So they get paid 24 hours a day until they get back, no matter what, right? So then that equates to a lot more overtime hours, a lot more pay on top of that. Then, not only is the government paying for them to come in to fight the fire, they're paying for their backfill at their station, too. So you're paying for two firefighters, not just one. Holy cow. Yeah. So, real quick, like, why do you think you deserve higher pay? Like, what's going on with the firefighters? Like, I, I know. We know. But, I mean, maybe some of our listeners don't know. So what does a firefighter go through? Like, what are the normal common issues facing firefighters yeah so uh i mean the biggest thing is 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 wildland firefighters deserve the same respect that any other like public uh service employee does get right now and they're the most underrepresented right now there's so many wildland firefighters that i know that are personally living out of their cars it's shameful that the government is trying to be a role model in which they should be right and that their own employees can't even afford to put food on the table. And I think that's like a defining like, like baseline foundation. Like if you can't afford to put food on the table and afford rent to begin with, or even drive to the remote location where you have to work, how is this a thing? Like how is that fair to that person? You know, why would they ever want to trust the government or tr- why you can't stop them from leaving? Right. And right now we're, we're losing wildland firefighters left and right. We expect if this if this bill doesn't get passed or this pay cliff happens, we're expecting 30 to 50 percent to leave. Right. And what where are they going to go? They're going to go work for state municipal Got departments it. or in other states. What they're going to do is go and do completely other jobs. And there we go. The government just invested all that training and mm-hmm. time and like resources into these people that are highly skilled all to be lost to go to another agency or another career. Talk- I know, like... Uh, no, I was yeah. going to say that, you know, you're talking about people living out of their cars. I mean, there's fundamental necessities of human life. Yeah. You know, you know, food, drink, 
shelter, safety. you know, I'll, safety I'll, needs. I'll tell you. I'll tell you one story. There's there is a hotshot crew that is out there uh, that lives in a tourist community. They all live out of their cars, and they had to bargain and negotiate to get a porter potty at the park that they're living in just to relieve themselves. I mean, uh, it's pretty sad. Honestly, like you've watched the episodes, you watch the podcast, and you kind of know where our politi- politics lie. We yeah. have millions and millions and billions of dollars for war, but we can't have anything for like people that live here in the states. And that's kind of crazy. How? Why don't we just take care of? Uh, it's a no-brainer. Right. Why don't we just take care of the firefighters? Like, right. I don't get it. Like, so, why is it a no-brainer? Why is it right. hard to push this that you're trying to push? Right. So, so the big thing with with federal employees and federal unions, as some may or may not understand, is we can't negotiate pay. That's a huge thing. We can't. We, our who's our employer? The U.S. government's our employer, and the only way to get things done is an act of Congress. Is an act of Congress. So we have to f- go out there and lobby, especially like myself. I go out to lobby to D.C. along with many other wildland firefighters out there that are trying to actively get this passed. And that's literally the biggest change for like all federal employees across this nation. The biggest thing that they can do is get Congress to go and act on their behalf. There's several bills other than just ours that will help out federal employees across this nation uh, to get them uh, paid correctly. They're, they're like 30 percent underpaid compared to the private sector. And we want to keep them, and, and then people complain, like, oh, how come passports aren't being pa- processed correctly? Well, we can't afford to ke- – we can't even keep people because they can't afford a living, right? Just basic necessities that all the taxpayers pay for. Like, we need to invest in our own infrastructure and our own federal employees as a role model for the government. And the president's fully backed us up. He's fully backed us up, and he's been – since Biden's been in place, it's the most pro-labor administration we've ever experienced and he fully has our back 100%. Um, we've spoken with Secretary of Agriculture. We've spoken with the Secretary of Labor. And the biggest thing they can say to us is we need to go up on the hill and lobby. Congress has the power of the purse. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. They just need to figure out what day of the week it is, and then we can all get everything together exactly. and get some stuff done. <laughs> so, like, okay, I get it. I get all the issues, but... Uh, for a normal person to understand what a firefighter goes through, um, you know, we talked about this before this podcast shoot. I was in the Marines, yeah. and we have a firefighter friend that's been on the podcast, and we talk about the issues that they face here in Chela Vista. They face suicide. Yeah. They face cancer rates at yeah. a higher rate than normal people yeah. and, like, non-firefighters. Yeah. Is that the same stuff going on with your firefighters? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's definitely something that, hasn't been researched uh i wish it was and guys are starting to get more involved with it uh thank goodness that they are getting involved with it one of the biggest things that we did through the union is use our connections that we have through the department of labor and through owcp is to get policy changed where now presumptive cancers for wildland firefighters are covered and if and if you don't know you will know when you see and start looking for wildland firefighters under gofundmes it's unfortunate but they're going to reach out to there because they're getting cancer in such high rates that they can't afford it. They just can't afford it. And the public's, you know, thank goodness is backing them up. But like I said, if we're going to be a role model for all employment across this country, this is, that's the way to do it. And thank goodness, like OWCP has had our back this whole time to get this policy changed, change some people's lives across this nation. Um, 
like you said, you mentioned it as well, suicide, mental health issues, it all comes along with it. Like the overwork, you're working, like I said, a thousand hours. That equates to almost another six months on top of your normal like year of working. So you work like a year and a, a year and a half within a year itself. Like that's that you know that ends up being a lot over time. Yeah. So speaking of suicide and cancer, I know we didn't talk about this, but like, what's the worst? What's the worst story you've heard a firefighter go through yourself? I know normally maybe we don't want to ask that question, but I just think people need to know what you guys go through. Like with with our friend Daryl, mm-hmm. he was telling us when we brought him on to the podcast that uh, like when we brought him on a few months back, he had uh, uh, went to a house, responded, yeah. and he had to pull like a kid out. Yeah, you know that just got burned alive. Right, and right. and then my response is like, how the fuck do you deal with that? Like right. that, there you right. just can't. You yeah. just you you just you're traumatized for the rest of your life. Right. So to me, it's more like like acknowledging the shit that you guys go through right but paying you guys accordingly yeah otherwise it's like right we don't really care no you're 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 100 correct i mean you do see a lot of um you see a lot of fatality um not only just like amongst firefighters uh you see a lot of like sadness within communities when their homes are burnt or people die within the community, especially like the campfire. They lost 86 people there. And look at this Maui thing with like wildland firefighters responding to that. Like you're just seeing all a lot of devastation and sadness. Um, you also see like traffic collisions where people are, you know, they do die. Things happen like that. Right. Or you see like your best friend that just got hit by a tree. Right. And you're the first responder to help him out. Right. That's like a big deal. Um, those kind of things definitely resonate with a lot of folks, and you just don't know, unfortunately. Like, we've signed up and we've taken an oath. When it's your day, it's your day, you know, and we're going to try to mitigate everything as possible. And one thing I, I like to go back to is is we don't take risks. We manage them, and, and, and no, everybody wants to go home. I don't want to die over someone's home or some bushes or a fire that was there before me, and I definitely wanted to re- want to retire. And I know every one of these single men, men and women that are up on the hill – definitely want to go home and enjoy their their retirement that they're working so hard for um but you see a lot of that stuff and seeing it over and over again definitely uh it does take a toll on you uh luckily like there's a huge brotherhood that we do reach out to um within each other within like hotshot crews or smoke jumpers and stuff like that but it definitely needs to be brought up to uh, a higher level of an outlet for folks or clinicians or something like that and I hope to bring up something like like that through the union and create some type of process to help these guys decompress and not like resort to to bad like bad things and you know like drinking and stuff like that like we just that's not the outlet you want to do you want to figure this out you know um, I, I had an incident myself uh, where I was involved in in a, in a, in a burnover and essentially um, they brought the union that I was part of at the time brought in clinicians to help us discuss our feelings and, and get through that and work through that. And it wasn't even me that was, it was, I was affected around it, but the gentleman, the two guys that, that were burned up, like they're, they're hurt for the rest of their life. Their whole life has changed. And like, how are we going to be there for them after the accidents happen? They've, they're, they're living. And, but how are we going to take care of them for the rest of their life? That's like the biggest component of it is like, it doesn't just end after the accidents happened. It keeps following you over and over. Yeah, and, and, and like uh, speaking like, because I told you I was in the Marines, I'm a veteran. 
and uh, and and I talked to you and Ricardo about this, but when we get deployed, they create this. Yeah. We create what we are. Yeah. Like they create this boot camp, the training, and then we get deployed and have these expectations. And then when we come back, they know what's going to happen when we come back. And then they, they stop taking care of us when we come back. That's fucked up. Just like firefighters. Like yeah. they, they expect you to go fight something and right. save a kid and right. burning and and people are dying. Right. What do they expect happens afterwards? Why, why aren't we taking care of people yeah. when we know it happens? Yeah. Like that's, that's what we're preparing you for is to be traumatized. Right. And and that, and 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 in all honesty, like it's come up in the in the most recent years where like there's some action on it, but it's mostly grassroots level. I know the agencies are trying to do something, but in all honesty, like it's it's not enough. Um, but I hope to change that with my voice in the union my voice being able to take it from the, the bottom level all the way to the top and share those those stories or share those ideas and not get shot down just because we don't have money for it. Like if with, I can take that to the national level. But that's, you know, it, we have this sign here, solidarity. And it's like, that's what's holding everything together yeah. right now. It's about, you know, all of us coming together, giving people the platform they need right. to, to say, hey, this is, this is, this is fucked up. Right. I mean, we need, because I always say, we say this example like the grass. Like if you see like a, all the blades of grass, ever seen the wind kind of blowing with them, and every one of them makes a sound. Right. Every single, but we don't listen to every single blade of grass. But if we did, the sound would be deafening. But those are all the problems of the world. Right. Yeah. The, and and it's like the if you want to solve the problems right now. Most of them in the world can be solved with the labor movement. Yeah. You know, raising the standard of right. living, give people the opportunity to, you know, support themselves. Right. I mean, I'm sure you guys aren't asking for, for new cars, but you're asking no. not to live in your cars. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know, that's yeah. that's that's a different conversation. And yeah. and sometimes things get drowned out. And I think um different uh, you know, political circles, they like, oh, you know, we they use the it's a kind of distraction. Hey, right. we don't want you to oh no, no, they can't be talking about kitchen table economics, the labor movement. Can't be talking about that. They'll right. talk about something else. Right. But when we just you gotta just put it out in their face. And that's what this podcast is about, exposing like the injustices of the world. So okay, so what what are you asking of people? So right now what we're asking is we have this deadline of September thirtieth, the fiscal pay cliff. Um where the budget runs out. And we're asking people to support the Wildland Firefighter Paycheck Protection Act of 2023. It's on the Senate side and it's on the House side. We need folks to write their members of Congress, their congressional leaders, and say, hey, we support this. They can go to NIFI, N-F-F-E dot org, and you'll see a press release there where they can sign our action newsletter. That would be the hugest thing to get folks to sign on board on that and support us because, honestly, uh, it tweeting and resharing and all that stuff isn't going to make a difference unless we get Congress to act and they have to do it. And we have bipartisan support. We have bipartisan support. I'm not going to ever say that. Like everybody does support us. Like you're saying, it's just, we need to get it across the line sooner because the day October 1st comes around and that's gone. We're going to lose folks. So what does that mean? If it doesn't go through, what does that mean? So if it doesn't go through, Firefighters stand to lose 750 bucks every two weeks and go back to, like, old levels of what they were getting paid, right? So why would – how can you afford that? That's an extra – if you think about it every – for a month, that's like 1400 bucks. That's like rent. 
else. So but, are you only asking to extend what already exists? No. So what we're trying to do is make it permanent. We're trying to make it permanent. So right now, the bill is going to make this permanent. It's going to create the pay scale that we currently have, mm -hmm. and it's going to set a foundation to work up from there. They're not even getting a raise from this. They're getting, the, they're keeping what they have, and it's not even the best. We know that it's not perfect, but we want it to, we have to do something. I'm not going to get another bill in and passed through Congress, you know, faster. There's another bill out there called the Tim Hart Act. Tim Hart was a smoke jumper, died on a fire, okay? This bill would be completely comprehensive that would change wildland firefighters for the better across this nation, across this nation. This would be like the be end all be all. The end all be all, but it's just, unfortunately, I wish I could get it passed by September 30th, but the way things work right now, it, I can't so what's see it happening by September what's, 30th. What's, what's, what's holding you back? Like, wh who are the opposition? Uh... It's big. It's really big. It's, it's, it's a big bill. It's been introduced in the Senate and the House. It was introduced in the previous Congress, but once Congress leaves and there's a new election, you have to reintroduce everything. Everything's off a clean slate. Mm -hmm. So now what we're looking for is not only do people to support the Wildland Firefighter Paycheck Protection Act, but we want people to support the Tim Hart Act and get more co-sponsors for that. The more co-sponsors we have on the, the more likely it is to go to committee and get through all that process and get us, you know, the scores and how much it costs. Like, it's big. It has pay in there. It's got mental health. It's got uh, benefit stuff for, like, uh, retirement. It's got uh, temporary buyback of time for folks that they can retire a little bit sooner. Uh, it's got mandatory time off for vacation during the summer so that you, you definitely get the rest and recuperation that you definitely need. There's a, it's a huge bill that's, like, that would be the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> that, that would be great. But right now we have September 30th. That's less than a month and 12 days at this podcast to get it passed. And we all know bills don't get passed that quickly. For us to get it through the Senate. Oh, well, you got the Juan and Chris bump. There so, you go. Uh, <laughs> union or bust. Uh, union or bust bump, so it'll pass. Yeah. <laughs> what do you need us to do? I need to share the message. I need to share the message. And, and you know, I thank you guys for bringing me on here. And, like, at least I'm sharing what our men and women are doing out on the fire lines. And just so everybody knows, like, wildland firefighters for the Forest Service don't drive or arrive in red trucks. No. They arrive in green fire engines and green, like, uh, what we call hotshot buggies, which are, like, they carry 10 people, and, and they're green. That's just what it is. And they're not pretty. They're not clean either. They're usually pretty dirty because they're working a lot out on dusty roads. They're not, there's no, there's probably not a lick of chrome, chrome on there at all. <laughs> so... Yeah, they arrive in green trucks. Our mascot's Smokey the Bear. So, <laughs> that's awesome. Or Smokey Bear, as some people would say. But anyway, uh, yeah, like these brave men and women are working out there. They're doing fuels projects to lower wildland fire, wildland fire, fire, wildland fires from happening. And uh, they need to be recognized for that. And this is the time. It hasn't, it almost hasn't changed in almost 100 years of fire. Damn. Uh, I was think like the, all this cross-pollination, you know, Niffy, you got, you know, Atsi, I'm a member yeah. of UFCW. It's like it's just the energy that you see right now in the labor movement. We, you know, we talk about the approval of labor right. unions being 71%. Right. Uh, you know, this, 
I mean, you're we're talking about firefighters here. Yeah. It's like I'd be if I was in Congress, I'd be tripping over myself to help. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, what's controversial? Right. That's, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, and, and like <laughs> the, the like you're going back to what you're saying. The the movement within like the Forest Service, especially like my local local 1650 on, that supports the Angeles National Forest the San Bernardino National Forest, the Cleveland National Forest, the Sequoia National Forest, and the Los Padres National Forest went from 15 members to almost 500 in over a year and a half. That is huge, huge, huge numbers. And we're getting growth in, like, the DOD sector. The folks right here in, in local 919 that's off Camp Pendleton, they're growing bigger too. The folks that were in 2096 down there in the harbor, like, it is big. Like, we are gathering and gaining momentum across this nation for all working class people like yourselves and mine. So, Steve, um, it's crazy. Like to us, it's no brainers. Like we're yeah, I know, I no know. brainers to us. That's why I know. inviting you on. But uh, I think it's good, man. I think it's good that you're fighting for your guys. You were rank and file before. You were a firefighter, and now you work yeah. for the union itself, and you're like yeah. advocating for everybody yeah. to get better pay and benefits. Yeah. I like to end like episodes like this mm-hmm. unless you have another one. Uh, like any last words, any last messages you have for anybody listening to this? Because, I mean, we have fans, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so so the, the, the biggest thing I'd say is get involved, get plugged in, support your, your local union, and it's going to change your life. I wish I knew about it sooner. Mm. This is like an opening to a door that I had no idea about. And it's the greatest decision I've made in my career. I wish I was involved sooner. I wish I knew what was happening. And I knew that, hey, I could make a difference in my career, which is going to change my life, my livelihood at home. Like, that's, like, the biggest difference. Instead of trying to invent something on the side of the hill that's going to make me a million dollars. That's not going to work. This is not going to work. But, you know, get involved, get plugged in, support unions, support unions across this nation. And podcasts like this that are, like, fully, like, I'm here talking to you right now. That's great. You know? Oh, yeah. You're one of us, Steve. You're national. Welcome.